I have heard that song before. I recognize the melody, but I did not know that uh, John Newton wrote it, so that's a blessing. All right, take your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, part of the Sermon on the Mount, but some lessons in there I think that can be very, very helpful and very strengthening for us today. Let's all stand together as soon as you get to Matthew 6. And again, if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you, if you would. And begin with me, if you would, to at uh, verse 19, and we're going to take it all the way down to the end of, of, of the chapter, Matthew chapter 6. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the darkness that is in thee be darkness, uh, how, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, or nor, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We are better than they. Uh, verse 27, which, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight about just simply trusting you, putting our faith and trust in you, not just for salvation. And as we've already heard the testimonies of our folks that have done that, that have trusted you as Savior, that's a blessing. And it's good to know that our sins are forgiven, but trust certainly does not stop at, at salvation. It continues throughout the Christian life. And uh, people see the, the value of, of our God in us by how we trust 
you and believe in you on a day-by-day basis. We ask God that you might guide and direct uh, the words of my, of my mouth. I pray, Father, that, that anything that I would think or anything that I would say that would detract from this message or displease you and not be done, and please stop me from doing those things. And I pray, God, that, that you might be lifted up, you might be glorified. And Father, I, I pray that our hearts would be open to you tonight and that we'd allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to do a work. And as, as you do that work, may we respond to you accordingly. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The title of this message is Take No Thought. That, that, uh, that phrase is used several times in this passage. It's used in verse 25 where he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Then you go down to verse 31. And he says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And then down to verse uh, 30, I think it's 30, let's see where it is, 34. Uh, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That phrase, take no thought, just simply put means don't worry. Don't worry. And yet we, we seem to, to spend a lot of time worrying about things. Um, I don't think I've ever seen worry at the pinnacle that I have seen since March. From March till today, uh, I have seen more worry in our church. I've seen more worry outside of our church. I've seen more worry just period, straight, straight across the board than, I, than I have, I've ever seen in my lifetime in that short period of, a t- of, of time. Uh, worry is a, is a, is a problem that, that plagues all. Now, the word worry itself is not found in your King James Bible, but the concept of it is found all, all over the scriptures. Uh, we had, a, we had a special speaker back years ago uh, come in. He, I, I'd known him for years. He's since gone home to be with the Lord. His name was Harry Jackson. And uh, Brother Jackson was, was famous for a particular saying. You'd say, you'd say Harry, please, don't, don't worry about this thing. God, take care of it. Don't worry. He says, listen, he says, I'm not worried. I'm just very deeply concerned, okay? I'm not worried. I'm just, and, and you know, we, we, often, we often couch it maybe in different words and different terms. But the bottom line is that we, we spend a lot of time sometimes just spending time worrying. And uh, there's, there's three causes that, the, that this passage tells us, three, three things that we have a tendency to allow worry to spring from. First one, if you look with me in verses 19 through 21, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. First, the first cause that Jesus talks about that uh, causes us to worry are temporal values. Temporal values. And by the way, uh, when we talk about temporal values, we're talking about materialism, we're talking about putting, putting your stock and your concern in the things of this life. You don't have to be rich to have temporal values. 
you can be, you can be absolutely dead, uh, dirt poor and have temporal values. My wife and I uh, were, went into Syracuse this weekend and uh, we, uh, we went out to celebrate our anniversary and we came down to a, a place, uh, and it was during the, during the rush hour, we came down to a place where uh, normally there's a person there begging and uh, with their hand out and with a placard. The person was not there, but the placard was. And, and on the placard was the website that you could go to to donate to this guy in the YouTube and in the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, you don't have to be rich. You can be dirt poor and still have temporal values. Uh, the more junk you have, the more it takes your time and the more it takes your heart. Um, if, if, if your treasure is in things, you'll be concerned about things. If your treasure is in people, your concern will be people. If your treasure is in the things of God, you'll, you'll, you'll love and not be concerned about God because God can take care of himself. But, uh, but you, will, you, you will have your mind focused on the things of the Lord. That, that, um, that verse, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, tells a lot about you and me. Uh, oftentimes our hearts are in the wrong place because our, our treasure, our time, not, and it's not just money, but uh, our, our treasure, whether it be time, effort, money, uh, are often in the wrong place. Temporal values uh, can keep, and I've, I've seen this, I've watched this I, uh, over the years, I've seen temporal values keep people from serving God. And, uh, you know, I, I, I remember going into a home and they had, this was out in Green Bay, Wisconsin, years ago, preacher and I visited them. And, and uh, these folks uh, had been saved for a while, they been saved for about a year or so. And uh, they had some questions. And one of their questions was about tithing. And they said, they said, well, we can't tithe right now. We just, we can't tithe. We just can't afford to tithe. And we tried to explain to them, you can't afford not to tithe because it's not your money. And if you take that money and you use it for other things, you're stealing from God and you don't want to be a God robber. You just don't want to be in that position. And uh, they said, well, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to tithe now, but as soon as we get all our bills paid, we'll go ahead and we'll tithe. That was uh, one of the last times we heard from those folks. They just kind of drifted off after that. I don't even know what they're doing uh, in the Christian life. I don't even know if they're still alive today. But uh, uh, when we get caught up in temporal values, it, 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 it will stop us from serving God. I've seen this. I've seen temporal values stop people from getting saved. Of course, you've got examples of that in the scriptures and the gospels where Jesus told the young man to, to go sell what he has and, and follow him, and he didn't because of the, of the things that he had. And it's, it's easy for us to get caught up in things, and when we get caught up in things, it, it, uh, and the more things we get caught up in, the more it causes us to, to, to worry and to fret. Then the, the second thing, look down in verse 22. It says, light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, Thy whole body shall be full of light. This has to do with focus. We need to focus on the right things, and when you focus on the wrong things, it causes us to worry. Um, what did, you know, you think about this. What did, what did Eve focus on 
when she was in the garden, when, when, the, um, when the serpent came and tempted her. Well, she, one of the things she focused on was the fruit that she was not supposed to have. And she, she, had her, she had her attention on the wrong thing. Because of that, she fell uh, into sin. She, she uh, went to her husband, and, and Adam sinned as well. And then they hid from God. Well, listen, you don't hide from God unless you're worried. <laughs> and they were worried. They were concerned about what God would think. Why? Because their focus was on the wrong things. Their focus was, was, uh, was not right. What did e Elijah focus on when, when he got that, that letter from Jezebel that said, uh, listen, you need to get out of town, and if you don't, I'm going to take your life. Well, uh, he focused on that thing rather than on the God that could take care of him. And by the way, do you believe God could have taken care of Elijah and would have taken care of Elijah? I believe that with all of my heart. He just proved himself when uh, he, he uh, licked up the, the water around the altar and the sacrifice, answered Elijah's prayer, gave Elijah the strength to go and slay 450 prophets of Baal. I mean, all of those things happened. And while they were happening, guess what Elijah was focusing on? He was focusing on, on the Lord. He was focusing on serving God. And when he got his focus off of that, and he started to worry about a woman in the palace, that's when he started to go in the wrong direction. Um, you, you, look at, you look at Samson. Samson, to me, in the book of Judges, is probably one of the, one of the biggest enigmas in the scripture. I, I don't have uh, Samson figured out, except for the fact that God had given him supernatural strength, gave him super, supernatural abilities, and, and used him uh, during the, the time of the judges and used him to deliver Israel. Uh, but you look, at, you look at his focus, and I mean right from the very beginning where God begins to talk about Samson, uh, the focus is on women. And what was his downfall? His downfall was women. Uh, when you focus on the wrong things, it takes you in the wrong direction. And uh, we can become focused on, on e even in ourselves, we can become focused on the outer man and the things around us more than the inner man. Take your Bibles, keep your finger here, and go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians 3... I want you to look with me in verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse, verse 14. Ephesians 3, 14 says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, 
that ye might be that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that ye ask that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, does that sound like somebody who's worried? Does that sound like somebody who's, who's, who's uh, fretting and, and all concerned about outward things? No, because he's strengthened in the inner man. And, and that's where our focus needs to be. Our, our focus needs to be on who we are on the inside, not how we present ourselves on the outside. And uh, when our focus gets in the wrong place, then it causes us to worry. Here's another one down verse. Uh, go back with me to Matthew 6 and look down in verse 24. Verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now what he's talking about here is someone who's double-minded. He tries to serve materialism, he tries to serve money, he tries to serve temporal values, and he tries to serve God at the same time. And, and the Lord Jesus makes it very, very clear. You can't serve God and mammon. It's not possible. Uh, it, this is a, a person who is double-minded. And in the, the book of James, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A person who's double-minded is wavering. A person that's double-minded is, is uh, plagued with, with indecision in his life. Uh, what, what causes that? Well, go with me to James chapter 1. Look with me in James chapter 1 and look down, beginning in verse 2. Says, so my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into to diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not, not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And what's the, what, what is the cause of double-mindedness? It's a, it's a lack of faith. It's a lack of trust in God. Take your Bibles with me, if you would, and turn back to the book of 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles. And in 1 Chronicles, we're going to look in, in chapter 28, we're going to look at one verse. I want to show you something that I think will be a help and a blessing to you. This double-mindedness oftentimes comes from the fact that we don't know what our responsibilities are and therefore do them. And we don't acknowledge what God's responsibilities are and therefore trust him. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, David is giving words of encouragement and help and exhortation to Solomon as, as he gets ready to build the temple. And you look in verse 20, and it says, And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, uh, fear not uh, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God 
Even my God will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Now, if you look at that verse, it's, it's really split into to two sections. One section is what God was responsible for, and the other section is what man is responsible for. Well, he was telling David that he was responsible to be strong. He was responsible to be courageous. He was responsible to not fear. In other words, it, it, he was just to trust the Lord and realize that, that God was going to be strong in his behalf. And, and his responsibility was not to be dismayed. And dismay is, is just really another, another type of word that would describe worry. What was God's responsibility? If we do those things, if we're strong, courageous, don't fear and don't be dismayed, what is it that God can do? It says that he would, he would be with him. He said he would not fail him. He said he won't, won't forsake him. And he would help him do what he had asked him to do. That's also applicable to us. When, when we're strong, when we're courageous, when, when uh, we don't fear, when we're not dismayed, then, then God is strong on our behalf. And he's with us. The Bible says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He, he won't fail us. He won't forsake us. Uh, he, he'll, he'll help us to get the thing done that he has called us to do. So those are, those are three causes of worry. Worry is caused by, it springs forth from tr temporal values, wrong focus, and a double-mindedness. Then, then what's the, if that's the cause, then what's the cure? What's the, what are some of the things that we can do in order to combat worry in our life? And again, uh, there's not a person I'm speaking to the, this evening who isn't plagued at one time or another with worry. I realize some people have a tendency to worry more than other people, but worry is something that we all combat. So what are some cures for worry? Look in verses 25 and 26 of uh, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? First of all, recognize that, that worry is sin. What worry is, is doubting God. It's doubting whether or not God can really take care of us. And of course, the question that, that's posed is, does God care for his own. If you really, if you think about this, what worry is in our life when we worry about things, we're really, we're really putting a question mark on the character of our God. We're really saying that, you know, I know God's my father. I know my God loves me, but, you know, we, we, we sang songs tonight that uh, had to do with God taking care of us. Great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful. Uh, we're not oftentimes. Uh, and, uh, and that should concern us. But, uh, but God is, is always faithful. Jesus Christ has made to me all I need. I love that song. absolutely love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. 
And uh, because it just, it just reminds me over and over again, verse after verse after verse, that God is not only capable of taking care of us, we know that. I don't think there's one person in here that would, that would say, I don't think that God is capable. If you're saved, you know God's capable. Question is, will he take care of you? And that's where trust comes in, and that's where faith comes in. And we need to realize that when we, when we stop trusting God for, for our needs and for, for the, the things that are necessary in our life, then that is sin. You know, the question is given, does God care for his own? And the answer is yes. Uh, it, it asks the question, are you worth more than birds? Now, I know PETA would say that, no, you're not worth more than birds. But uh, I know what the Bible says. You're worth a whole lot more than birds. And because, and listen, Jesus Christ did not die for birds. Now, I realize that, that nature will come back during the millennium and all that kind of stuff. I understand all that. But, but he died for people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. And uh, he, he died for us and cares for us and loves us. And when you get saved, you become his own and he cares for you. Second thing, a, a, a cure for worry, is focus on that which is eternal. Look down in verses 19 and 20. Verse 19 says, uh, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Put your focus in eternity, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Focus on those things that are eternal. Focus on those things that, that will endure and that will last forever. Take your Bibles with me and turn to, to the book of Philippians. There are so many verses in Scripture that in one way or another address this subject of worry. In Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. Look down in verses 4 through 8 with me. Philippians 4, 4 through 8 says, says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing. What that simply means is don't be full of care. Don't be worried about things. Take it to God. Verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard in me, and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. We need to, to, to focus on the right things. We need to focus on rejoicing. You know, I, I understand we, we have problems in America, and there are problems here. But I was really touched by the opening prayer uh, this evening because uh, we, we need to be appreciative of the country that we live in. You know, it, it, again, do we have problems? Yes. Are you going to talk about those problems? Yes. But if you thank God more for where you live than you have complained about the problems, and honestly, 
i'm not so sure that we could say an affirmative yes to that we spend a lot of time complaining we spend a lot of time focusing on problems rather than focusing on the blessings and i'm not i'm not saying that to lift up america today america is what she is because when it was founded it was founded on biblical principles had it not been founded on biblical principles america would not be what she is today but we need we need to rejoice in our god and rejoice in the in the, the blessings that he's given to us we need to be moderate we need to pray we need to cast our care upon him for he cares for us and we need to give thanks and when we do that, God says he'll give us peace. Now, you know what I found in my life? I don't know about, about you. I, I can't speak for you. But in my life, peace and worry do not coexist in the same place at the same time. I either worry or I'm at peace. And not both, both together can't happen. Uh, the rest of that verse, he says, he talks about thinking right. He says, taking, uh, talks about taking what you, what you know and what you've heard and what you've learned and what you've seen and just do it. Do it. You know, we have been, we've been quoting now for a couple, three weeks. First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, charity. Let me ask you something. I mean, don't answer this out loud, but, but. How often in the last few weeks have you, because of the scripture and because of, of, of saying over and over again, starting to memorize, sometimes part and sometimes not all of it, as you saw this morning, where I stumbled around on the thing. But uh, uh, how much are we living that on purpose? in our lives. That's what Paul says. He says, you know what? You do that when you, when you look at what you've learned and what you've seen and what you've heard and you do it, he says, the God of peace will be with you. And peace and worry don't, don't, uh, don't coexist together. And uh, it's just simply focusing on the right things, on the things that God wants us to pay attention to. Then another, another thing that we can do for, as a cure for worry. Go back to, to uh, Matthew chapter 6 and look with me down in verses 31 and 32. 31 and 32. Take, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Uh, use, use worry when you start to think about those things. Use those things as a reminder. Use it as a reminder to remind you that you have a God who is faithful. We just, again, we just sang the song, Great is thy faithfulness. How many of you really believe that? Let me see your hands. I mean, you really believe it. You believe God is faithful. I do too. And you know what that means? He'll take care of you. And he'll take care of me. And, and we need to, to use worry as a reminder that our God will take care of us. Now, what does the Bible say? Casting all our care upon him, for he careth for you. Use it as a reminder for prayer. You start to worry. Say, whoa, wait a minute. I need to stop doing this worrying here. I need to take this thing to God. I need to cast all my care upon him. And it's not just because that's the thing to do. Christians pray when they get worried. Christian, no, that's not what it is. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
You know, the amazing thing to me is that the God of all eternity looks down and says, I care for Dave Dunbar. And he looks down at each and every one of you that have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior and says the exact same thing. Now, he doesn't call you Dave Dunbar. He knows who you are, okay? But, but my point is, is that, that he, he knows you and he cares about you. You know why? He is your father. You know, I, and I've told you stories about the fact that when I was growing up, I, I had a good dad. As far as I know, I don't think my dad was saved. And I talked to him often about it. But... Uh, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that he was saved. But can I tell you something? It's uh, is just as a dad. He was a good dad. I can, I can remember after my mom died. Um, during that year, that was a, a rough year for us. We ate out a lot during that year. And uh, my dad was gone a lot because he, he was a salesman for Weirton Steel Company in Weirton, West Virginia. But they had a an office in Rochester. And uh, there was some talk, and I don't even remember the details of it. All I just remember is the subject came up of military school. Can you imagine me in military school? Now, that, there's a thought. Anyway, uh, there was some talk about it. And I can remember one night at supper, it was just him and me. And uh, I started to ask him about it. And uh, I can remember just breaking down in tears. I did not want to go away to a boarding school. And uh, my dad looked at me and he said, son, he said, don't worry about it. He said, if, if you don't want to go, I certainly would not send you because I love you. I remember running into my dad's arms that, that night. And just, just grabbed my dad, and he just reassured me that everything was going to be okay. Now, can I tell you something? If an earthly father can do that for me, what in the world can my heavenly father do for me? If my earthly father can care for me that much to say, they're there, and now, now, they're there, David, don't worry about it. Things are going to be okay. Your God will make sure that things are going to be okay. He can take care of you. And we need to use, use uh, worry as, as a reminder that we have a God who cares. And then down in verse 33, another, another thing we can do for, as a cure for, for worry. Verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, one of the things you can do to get rid of worry is to just get busy for God. One of the things that, that bothers me about this whole COVID thing, we've shut down, we've had, and we've had to. I mean, I, I understand that it's, it's a situation like we've never encountered before, but we've had to shut down our nursery. We've had to shut down uh, Sunday school. We've had to shut down junior church. We've had to sh shut down all of our Sunday schools. Uh, we've had to shut down master clubs. Of course, we don't have it during the summer anyway, but, uh, but we had to shut it down before or way, way early in the, in the month of March. And uh, when we start backing off from doing things for God, that's the opportunity for, for worry to open the door and to, to jump in and take precedence. And uh, we need to keep busy. 
We need to keep busy for God. It may not be in those areas that you, that you were used to being busy uh, in. Uh, I, I miss, I miss our visitation on Tuesday nights. I just do. Um, every summer. I mean, for all the years that, that I've been here, every single summer we've gone out and knocked on doors in Auburn and told people about Jesus Christ. This is the first summer ever that I know of uh, in, in these last 29 years that we have not done that. But, but, but realize that that can be a danger. That can be an open door for worry. So get busy for God. Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek it. Seek it. It's something we have to actively go for. It's, it needs to be a priority in our life. In Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it tells us what the kingdom of God is. It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and, 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 uh, and, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And, and because that's the case, we need to make those things our priority. We need to be, get busy for God, and we need to seek those things. And then, then last of all, he tells us in verse 34, he says, take, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Take care of today. Now that doesn't mean that you don't plan ahead. And that doesn't mean that you, you, you don't do things to, to get ready for the next day. But when it comes to being concerned about things, if you're not careful, you'll start being more concerned about what hasn't happened yet than what has happened and what is happening. And, and what will happen, and I've seen this, I've seen this in my own life. When I'm worried about me, when I'm worried about, about things in my life, I am more calloused to problems that are in other people's lives. And I can, I can walk right past those problems right past, and not even see them now. They're there, and it's obvious. But I'm so concerned about me that I really can't be concerned about others. And, and worry will... will will rob your service and your love for others if we're not careful. Worry robs us of joy. Worry robs us of peace and of rest and of contentment. You can't enjoy life. You can't enjoy the things. You know, the Bible says that God has given us freely all things to enjoy. You can't enjoy those things if you're worried. Uh, you can't enjoy God like you ought to enjoy Him. If you're worried, you can't enjoy your own family. You can't enjoy your own friends. You can't enjoy others when, when you're, you're taken over by worry. And, and with that in mind, three, just three last things I'd like to, like to leave you with. If, if there's anything that you, you would remember in this message, I, I would hope that it would be these next three things. There's three words that are used in this passage that are, are three things that we need to remember in order to combat worry. Look with me in chapter 6 down in verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? What is God? God is our, our Father, and we need to have faith in him. It talks about faith. Believe in and trust God that he'll care for you. 
So have faith. Second thing, verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He is your Father. Don't ever forget it. God is your Father. He knows you. He cares for you. And he has the power to take care of you. And he will. And then last of all, in verse 33, which we just read, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first. First. Put God's desires, put God's will first. And he'll add to us those things that we need. When you start to worry, remember faith, remember the Father, and remember first. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father... The subject at hand tonight is something that all of us have had to deal with. There may be many that right now, this day, have dealt with, with worry. And when we do that, we, we slip from faith uh, to, in you to just being concerned and wrapped up in ourselves. And really, in a lot of ways... Worry is just a really, really selfish thing. And we just forget how great our God is. We forget how good you've been to us. And we forgot how you've taken care of us in the past. That's why it's so important for us to never stop being thankful and grateful for all the wonderful things that you have done for us and the wonderful God that you've been to us. God, minister to hearts tonight. Help us to be encouraged tonight to realize that we have a God who is our Father. He cares for us. You, you love us. And you will watch over us. Lord, help us to cast all our care upon you because you care for us. Bless this invitation. Have your will and way in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.